Welcome to the OFX Podcast. I'm Dave Claxton, and along with me, not as always, is our no-show Nancy, Bethany McChesney. Let me down this weekend. She left me to straggle on my own. No one to relay with, but I did yeah. I did get my last-minute part- partner. Thank you, Liz. She came through, and she jumped in. Literally, we, we decided we were both volunteering, and... Um, Right at the end, I'm like, hey, you want to do this? So we went the last round and we went and we won. We were victorious. Nice. Good. Yes. Yes. So it was good. And you know what? I think she was really happy. She's one of the farm girl uh, clients and she was very, I think she was very excited to get a win. And uh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. So it was a lot of fun, but yeah. we did miss you. We missed you very much and uh, we didn't get to set a time, but we will. Yeah. I'm definitely having FOMO. It's always yeah. hard to watch. Um race is happening that you kind of planned on being at but it was for what's the your, best what's your pathetic excuse <laughs> well double unders at the last rx1 really flared up my achilles so anyone who's ever kind of dealt with the achilles issue it can be such an ongoing thing and uh, double unders has to be probably the single worst movement for me um with my achilles so yeah they they had uh, 100 double unders at the end of the race and then the week leading up to it practicing it and I kind of knew it was coming that after that race I'd probably have to take a little bit of time off of too much ankle flexion so sure enough my Achilles was not happy with me so did you uh, and we'll go back to deck in a minute did you see that course in Quebec for 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 RX1 sorry did you look at those videos yeah and for the expert division yeah three sets of 50 double unders three sets of 50 double unders yeah and I was just like I don't want any part of that. No. no. And actually something else that came up and I had to get clarification on it because I was confused. So maybe some of the other people are confused, but they had for the expert men, a, uh, a clean, clean squat cleans with 135. And when you look at the stuff, it says, you know, when you look in that, it says like a one rep max of one or sorry, 10 rep max of, of uh, 110 or 115 is what you should be able to do. But the thought process is, no, you can do 135. You just have to do less sets. Mm-hmm. Sorry, more sets, less reps. So I'm like, okay. But I didn't understand that at first. So if you happen to be confused by that, that's what's going on there. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm really, and then I looked at I looked at the intermediate course. And the only thing that I didn't like was, was there was no pull-ups. There was ring rows. And the ring rows just bothered me a little bit. I'd rather do pull-ups. But I'm really leaning towards just heading back down to the intermediate as much as I liked doing the the um the expert division it's unless i want to make it my main race it's mm-hmm. it's a lot of extra skills to practice yeah it is a pretty big jump i find from the intermediate to the expert as far as the skills are concerned like yeah. before each race i'm kind of uh practicing something that i don't normally do which is fine um but yeah it's it's a big jump in skill for sure yeah so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see when the time comes. We'll see what next race holds and then next year or whatever. Who knows? Um, so back to Decker. Yeah, we had Decker Farmer this weekend. It was it was pretty good. It was great. We had a lot of a lot of good people out. I did get knocked off the podium very sadly, and I did not PR. And my second best time. But get so this is what freaked me out. From my just, you know, I'm, let's talk about me for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I pretty much had like a personal best on almost every station. And if it wasn't a personal best, it was in with like a second. Mm -hmm. And then I had one station that just went to complete shit, which was the tank. And then I went in and had a, a near personal best on the burpees. And it was like, when I say went to shit, I was like 33 seconds slower than the last time I did a tank. Oh, there you go. You back? Okay. Yeah. So I was 33 seconds slower than the last time I did a tank. But, and do you know, do you know why? Well, I assume I was tired, but, but I've always tired when I get to the tank. So I don't really know what happened. Did you uh, change your strategy? Not really. And then I looked like I, I seriously, I went back and watched the video. I'm like, man, and, and John was my judge. He did an excellent job. So I'm like, did he, did he miscount? But no, he was bang on. Of course he was fine. You know, just looking for some reason, anything else to blame. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was weird. I mean, again, clearly I tried to take away the positive from it. Positive from it was, um, you know, normally run out of gas and the last three stations suck. But this time, yeah. only really one of the last three stations really sucked. The other two were were better than usual. So I really should have, like, I was on my way. I was on pace for like a 1340, 1345. And, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe 1350. But anyway, that, and then that tank was, yeah, like I said, 33 seconds longer than normal. And, um, and my, I, and I did see my transitions in the second half were not great either. So, so yeah, probably about a 1350, 1352, which would have been very, I would have been very happy with. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of, kind of shit the bed a little bit just on that, but is what it is. Um, then, like I said, I did have a, a good relay. So that was fun. Um, we had two guys go sub 13. Yeah. So I saw Pat Millington did a, what was it? 1220. At twelve twenty, I believe. Yeah, and then um, Ashley Squire. He lives like fifteen minutes down the road from me. He did like a twelve fifty two, and wow, obviously both, obviously both were PRs for them. And now, for at least for age group, for sure, and possibly with Pat, he might get into that like top twenty for elite. Wow, good for him! And they're both heading to. They're both planning to go to to, to Texas. They're they're, awesome. they're ready to go. And I nearly got a doubles out of Ash Ashley because we, we were hoping to put in like a maybe maybe a sub ten or something like that, or right around a ten. Mm -hmm. But he was hurting afterwards, and yeah, couldn't couldn't get it. So we we will hopefully do one next time. But mm -hmm. that'd be good. So yeah, um, and then you had some of your girls come up. How'd they, how'd they feel? Yeah. So Kendra went and did uh, the doubles with her friend. So she's been battling some, uh, some issues also. So it was, uh, she hasn't really been able to train full on, which is why she did the doubles with her friend. Um, so yeah, it was just kind of, it was more to get her friend exposed to DECA racing and that, I mean, they had a really good time. So she's, she's taking a little bit of downtime right now to, to heal some of her issues. Um, well, she's, she's gone climbing in Kentucky. That's <laughs> downtime, right? Is, yeah. Which isn't a too bad, uh, way to take some downtime, but yeah. So Kendra, I mean, when she gets all these things sorted out, she's, she's definitely going to be a force. So. 
and they won too. They had the best, um, the best women's time. Oh, did they? Okay. They, they did. Um, her friend, uh, you say it was too exposed to it. She did really well. She looked like, like a, a bit of a veteran. She was, she was fit and she moved well. And like, I saw some other people there who were pretty fit, but you know, there's tips and tricks and, and, and things to help move properly. Then they, and they weren't doing those, but but Kendra's mm-hmm. partner, she was moving really well and and looked like she had researched what was going on. Mm-hmm. Awesome. You, know, you can usually see it like on the box overs a lot of times. You can see, okay, this person's at least look into it and and seen. Mm-hmm. You know, same with the the over the shoulder. She looked very solid. So that was cool. Um so what 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 is up and and in your your injury? What's what's going on here? Are you are you gonna be back or you you think it's oh yeah, it's just I, I think right now like if anyone knows my injury history I struggled with Achilles pain for almost two years and then it ended up getting really bad and I ended up in a boot for six weeks which ultimately calmed it down but it's just it's such a process with the Achilles and some people say once you have it it's always going to be something you deal with and I don't necessarily buy into the always mentality of anything um, but it has been fine and extremely manageable over the last year. And I've finally been able to ramp up my training. Um, but again, just adding in a, a stimulus with the double unders that is unique and it's extremely aggressive on uh, the ankle flexion, just flared it right back up. Like, so I have to be careful with things like, like speed work on hard surfaces. Um, I generally try to avoid the track. Uh, most of my speed work is on like gravel pads and stuff. Um, so yeah, just that one thing over a week and like, it was one of those things where I knew what was coming and like, you know, I was kind of taking the risk anyways, was kind of re-aggravating it a bit. So mentally I had already prepared that, you know, the week, week and a half after doing that race that I was probably going to have to stay off of my feet. So, and, um, yeah, I did a test run on the Tuesday after RX one and and my Achilles just hurt the whole time. So I'm just being really cautious because once you get into like a, a serious flare up with the Achilles, it just takes a really long time to calm down. A- tendon injuries in general are, they're more difficult to manage just because tendons don't have a, their own blood supply. So they don't heal as fast necessarily as other types of injuries. So I'm just being extra cautious. So if something can uh, especially race-wise, can be taken off the schedule to help things calm down, then this is just, this is the time to do it. So it's just kind of a word to anyone dealing with injuries. It's, I I always say better to take three to seven days before you're forced to take six to eight weeks in a boot. So that's where I'm at. Um, a couple more things I wanted to talk about with DECA too. Um, one, if you are, if you are, if you've done deck or you haven't done deck or whatever, and if you're in like a couples, couples deca is a riot. Like mm-hmm. I saw, we that's one thing we did see this weekend was a few couples do the deca together, and uh, and they all had a good time. I really enjoyed that. Really had fun. Um, it was I thought it was really cool. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about was so your deca that is coming your, your fit farm deca that's coming up when yeah when when's that one. Yeah, so July 22nd, we're going to do a deck a mile. And this one, we've joined up with a really cool new gym that's opened up in London, Ontario called Boss Health and Fitness. And they just, they have a super 
really nice facility in London. Um, there's like gorgeous shower facilities and we're we've designed the day where you could do there's kind of a morning session and an afternoon session with junior races in the middle of the day so if you want to come and do your individual race and then team up and do the team races right after then you can get it all done in the morning or vice versa do it in the afternoon so we kind of have two hours of individual an hour of teams and then an hour of juniors in the middle to kind of break things up. And then the afternoon session looks the same two hours of individual and then an hour of teams. So it's designed in that way. So if you want to do your, and if you, if the team race is kind of your focus, then you could do the morning session teams and then the afternoon session individual, but either way it's, it's kind of set up in a way that you could come and you could do both your individual and your teams on the same day. And I am really trying to get some uh, junior racers out. So that middle time slot in, in that, like the lunch hour is going to be for junior racers. So that 10 to 13 year olds. Um, so if you haven't really looked into the junior races, they do, they do the same race, except the machines are half. And then um, the weights for everything, most of it is essentially half of the weight of the women's weight. So what we need to do is just go hang out outside of public schools and just round up the children, put them in a van, maybe maybe lower them in with some candy, take them over. <laughs> I think it's a good plan. Honestly, I think more people like, I'm not sure, I think, Pure Impact might have done this, been doing this or whatever. You need to start going into the schools and getting kids into this stuff earlier. And I've always said the same thing with OCR too. The problem with OCR is it's just such a difficult setup and training process yeah. platform. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, getting like school teams and, and I mean, RX1 does this really well where they get different schools sending sets of teams to compete against each other at events. And that's just awesome. Like it's way more exciting than track. <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, and I think one of the one of the great things about the junior stuff is it is really designed for their level, like the 10 to 13. One of the um what I would say one of the flaws in the DECA system still is like that 14, 15 year old age group, you're doing the adult weights. And that is very hard for like a 14 year old um boy or girl, you're doing like a 40 pound or a 60 pound farmer's carry. And we've seen, we've seen kids do this and it is possible, but like, it's not just something that your kid could just jump into and be able to handle those kind of weights. So the junior is to get people, kids into it and get the feel for the racing style. And, um, but then I, I just feel like that 14 year old, 15 year old kid, it's, it's a, it's such a struggle. And it's frustrating in a way too, because that's the age where kids generally drop out of sport. Mm -hmm. And that's where, well, and actually 80% of females when they're 13 and 14 drop out of sport. So to make that big jump from a 13 year old junior DECA to the 14 year old adult weight, I, I think it's just, it's a bit of a shame that they, they're trying to get 14 year olds to do um, the adult weights. But I mean, DECA has their methods to things and it's something that has been discussed. But I think to try to get kids still doing that junior race while they're still in that 10 to 13 year old age group is really crucial to then get them thinking and preparing for what happens when, you know, they hit 14 and then they have to bump up in the weight divisions. 
Yeah, I mean, that is an odd time, right? Because some kids, like, I was one of those early bloomer kids who, if at 15 years old or 14 years old, you gave me the men's weights for, for deck, I'd be like, yeah, no problem. I'm fine. I'm 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 farmer strong. Like, grew up on the horse farm. I, I'm going to toss those around probably better than I can now. <laughs> but I remember other guys that were, you know, much, much smaller and didn't, you know, they, they matured later. And yeah, that would be really hard. Like for them to do 60 pound over the shoulders would be, would be tough on a lot of them. So yeah, yeah it, it's a tough one, right? Yeah. It's so hard to nail it properly to make it challenging and yet accessible. So I don't know. Nice stuff, but I get what you're saying. That, that, that is always that tough gap. Yeah. And I remember that from hockey, from hockey too. And, and, and martial arts, like that 13, that, that age is just, when they start to drop like flies. Yeah. Such a huge drop off. Yeah. It's also the age when boys and girls kind of discover each other. And I think that's part of the problem. <laughs> yeah. There's more distractions, that's but nice. they find too, if you can keep kids in sport through that age range, then generally speaking, they're, they're so it's like, it's so crucial to keep kids in sport in that like 14, 15, 16 year old, time frame so lots of studies have been done on it so I don't know it's just to me it's such a focus but I just like I wish there was something a little bit more in the middle for that age group so anyways we're pushing the junior races at this one so if you have a 10 to 13 year old who would like to give DECA a try it is half the distance for the machines which is nice and then half the weight of the women's I'm gonna find one I'll just I there's got to be one around Hey, actually, I might have some nieces or nephews or cousins or something I could drag. <laughs> yeah. But it's still the mile for them, though, right? Yep, still the mile. Yep. Yeah. All right, cool. And this one, like you said, this one's not in the mall. So is it a good setup for the mile? Is it going to be a fast course? Yeah. So, again, this facility was, like, perfectly designed, again, for a mile. So they have their their big long turf in the middle that opens up to the big garage door which goes out into an empty parking lot so it's the perfect design again for a mile so we're gonna have two lanes going side by side and then out the garage door down the parking lot and back so nice nice that's awesome um mm -hmm. i look forward to it. that's that's gonna be great it's gonna be a great time and uh are, are we gonna are we gonna improve our score yes we are okay, gotta jump up more we're sitting fourth which is good mm -hmm. But definitely more to be getting more, more to get. I think we can. Yeah. I think we can crack the top three here. Mm -hmm. And I think, especially if we have a faster course this time, be in that top yeah. three. Yeah, I think so. We making Alex Walker shaking her boots there <laughs> with her son. No, 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 no. She had another partner. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, her son. We, 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 we had them. <laughs> no, she got another part. They put in a really good time. They were really fast. So, oh, okay. So it's, yeah, yeah. It's going to be, uh, but it's, yeah, it's going to be good. Um, another thing, actually, I just saw this, by the way. Athletic Brew Light is back, and I'm really happy. <laughs> Wasn't available in Canada for a long time, and I just ordered a, a two for it. I'm like, yay, finally back. Well, really? we will have actually, we will have Athletic Brewing at our next event as well. I didn't mm -hmm. even, that was a lead in. That was a perfect lead in. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, everyone who finishes gets their um their one free sample beer. So get the light because it's it's a best. It's in my opinion the best non-alcoholic beer. Yeah, it's very good. By the way, I somebody um um oh my god um 
one of the OCR guys, OCR guys, he he said he posted that he had a non-alcoholic beer tasting night. And I motivated him for one of them or inspired him to have one. So <laughs> that's what I see. Well, um, we should mention also there is a new women's world record in the deck of strong. I actually hadn't written that. Go for it. Fly. I had written that down. So go for right. it. So Carly Wopat, who is the sister of Andrew, who owns Battle Bunker, just was the first woman to break 12 minutes in the deck of strong. So 1155 for a woman. And if you haven't seen Carly, like she's okay, she reminds me, and it's gonna sound like a strange comparison. She reminds me and Carolyn Prevo in a way. Because she is super versatile. Right. So yeah, so so Carly Gunner, she she um she won the Go Ruck games, mm-hmm. right? And she's well versed in jujitsu, and that's part of what helped her win the Go Ruck games, not on, on top of being an absolute beast. Um she is a professional volleyball player. And I mean, and then obviously, yeah, with the deck is strong and she, she's just, she reminded me of Carolyn in the way that Carolyn was like, you know, CrossFit games, Taekwondo, uh, professional hockey. Right. So she's yeah. one of those people who just has that, that athletic, that gift, that athleticism. And if you have seen Harley, she is just unbelievable specimen. Yeah. Well, and I don't know how tall she is, but she did make Matt Kempson look short on the he podium. quite tall. Well, she's a pro <laughs> volleyball player. They don't get a lot of short volleyball players. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So she is, she is an imposing figure for sure. Mm-hmm. I know that when they were doing the wrestling for the battle bunker, a lot of the girls were like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just no, thank out. no, thank you. <laughs> like, I think even Vivian Tufudo, who is Vivian's, a, you know, she's a, she's a tall girl as well. And she was like, yeah, I don't want any part of that. <laughs> so um yeah i i tara had commented to me as well tara jackson and she said wow that is wicked fast she's she thought that so she beat tara so for reference the record was 1240 by tara Mm -hmm. so she took such a big chunk of time off of that and she said in her instagram post her goal was to go under 1230 and i mean she smashed that by 35 seconds so well and tara tara told me she says she said she thought her record would go down this year. She thought for sure. She thought someone was going to go sub twelve thirty, but she's mm-hmm. like, I never saw eleven fifty five sub twelve coming for a women this year. She thought that was still a couple years off, but mm-hmm. yeah, Carly just changed the game. I would love to know her splits on that. Oh yeah, why does anybody have a video of that? That's something I'm going to go. I'm going to. I'm yeah. gonna, maybe Carly has a video. We're going to try to get a hold of her and see if she has a video because I bet you she's probably got like a you know, like, like, like a 40, 35 second bike or something yeah. crazy like that, you know, yeah. you know, cause just with her power output, I'm sure it's the machines and her length on that, on the skier and the rower. I bet you those machines just completely set her apart. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, but great. And she seems like a really cool person. I've yet to have, have a conversation with her, but I am definitely putting that on my to-do list and um, yeah. So 1155. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what I want? I want to see her do the men's weights. Oh yeah. I bet you she's still she's still sub thirteen. Oh totally, or yeah, faster, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't think she'll crack the crack under twelve, but no, I could no. see her do like a twelve thirty or a twelve forty five or twelve fifty or something like that. So yeah, definitely sub thirteen with the men's. Mm-hmm. That's unbelievable. So really cool. Um. So yeah, she's on the hit list. We're gonna find her. We're gonna get her yeah. crack her down. Um, High Rocks was over in Italy. 
And the reason I really wanted to mention it was because two of two of my favorites hit the female podium there. Um, Viola getting the win and Camilla Massa uh, getting second place. And Camilla is, that's a big thing for Camilla because she, yes, she is American, but she's Italian going over to Italy and getting a podium over there is really cool. And she's a person who has, I, I kind of think of her like Vivian. She's a little, she's a little behind Vivian, but she's the kind of person that has steadily got better and better and better and really put in the work and put in the effort and is constantly improving and genuinely loves the sport. Mm-hmm. And so it's good to see her doing it. And she did the one thing from somebody who's done commentating that I wish more people would do. She wore a very distinctive white outfit and you could easily pick out who she was. <laughs> it's really important. Did she wear her uh, signature backwards hat? You know what? I'm not sure. I didn't see the hat on, but she does wear the hat a lot. She looks good in the hat and suits her. Yeah. Well, I like it when people have a thing because then it does, as especially as commentators, it helps you kind of point out who people are. That's why I wear the plaid shorts. All the <laughs> oh, massive yeah. commentating that gets done at my race <laughs> <laughs> just makes it easier to pick out pictures. But but yeah, yeah, it's it's it is good to have a little something that sets you apart, like you know that yeah. stands you out. Like when I watch a high rock start line or or, or or a Spartan start line, I don't know how many you know. Dudes in black shorts and tattoos are just like, yeah, who you can't tell who's who, who knows these jack yeah. dudes, in black shorts and tattoos. <laughs> well, and especially with high rocks because they give them the same outfits now. And they put the names on them, which is cool. So I, and, and I was, again, I've mentioned before what we thought, what a great job the high rocks broadcast was. Mm-hmm. And, but they put the names in the names and all right. So let me point this out too first. And we're going to go back and forward in here. When you're doing the High Rocks broadcast, and I know we've talked about this before and Bracken spoke about this before, you're looking at a much smaller screen. And it's very difficult to tell who's who. And then sometimes uh, uh, you, when you're doing a smaller event, there's a lot of unknowns, right? There's a lot of people that really you don't know. When you do Worlds, you know everybody in it, mm-hmm. right? Like when I commentated DECA Worlds, I knew every person, right? I, I knew them to see their face and up close. There's no no ifs, ands, or buts. But when you do one when there's a lesser one, you maybe know two, three people in the lineups and everybody else is maybe local and less known. It's very difficult. So High Rocks and the bigger ones, they're putting names on the shirts, which is great. And it's working really well, especially for the women. But two things. One, they were only putting them on the front. Put them on the back too, because we do see a lot of the back of people running. And that's when it's even harder to identify a person because you can't see their face. Yeah. And then the guys, well, they let the guys take their shirts off after like one zone and then all they got shirts are gone and we have no freaking idea who's who. Mm-hmm. So so put it on the back band of their shorts or something. That would be very cool. Yeah, everybody should have their name written across their ass. <laughs> they do it in motorcycle racing at work. <laughs> they got like, nicknames make right people across like ass. a temporary tattoo that they can put on their back. That'd be pretty cool. Except for the people who are covered in tattoos already. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got a wide open spot back there so good to go <laughs> i think i'll just tattoo my name back there anyway that way it's easy yeah. Don't need there, to then when when you're highly commentated about in your races then no highly. one will ever know that you didn't yeah they'll always know dave claxon i think i was mentioned once i think jack jack mentioned me last year in the relay in the in the world championship relay when we were got one mention on the skier i think or on the <laughs> rower or the skier i think maybe two there you go i think mm-hmm. jack was just throwing me a bone being a nice guy <laughs> Yeah, I already had nothing else to commentate at the moment. You know, well, there's nothing else going on. Hey, there's Dave. Fill in the airtime. <laughs> yeah, dead air, dead air. There's Dave. Nice shorts. Um, we talked last week 
with Lauren. Oh, by the way, Lauren has got her email to get into the 3K for Pocono, just so you know. Oh, good. <laughs> um, so we talked to Lauren last week, and I mentioned mentioned it to her, but we never got a chance to really get your opinion, I don't think, on the proposed High Rocks changes. So with the, the qualifying standards, you remember them? Um, no. Refresh so the, the basis is it's going to be very similar to what it was this year, except you're going to have four regional races. So there'll be an American one, two European ones, and one in Hong Kong, right? Top three from each of those races can qualify, but there is no roll down. So if they're repeat podiums, oh. it's just like last year, right? So theoretically, you could have the same three at every race. And um, then there is also going to be a last chance qualifier as well with the top three can go from that in. So... Where do you, what do you, what do you think on that? Oh, and then time, the people who would qualify, let's just say, let's say six spots are taken by podiums. Then the last nine spots will be done by time, but it'll be an average of two of your races, of your two best races, rather than just one. Hmm. And and to get into the regionals, you still, you have to be part of the top 15 for times already. So to be in the, those the rest of those spots, do you have to do two races? Um, to qualify for Worlds, yes. But to qualify for the Regionals, I believe it's just one race. Okay. Huh. Well, I, like, I do like the, the qualifiers from Regional races. Because, again, with the variants and different races, I do like that you can qualify that way. Um. Yeah, and I think the average thing does, it, it makes sense, again, because you're, you know, if we have some outliers with courses that are super fast, it doesn't put so much weight on a course that might have had, mm -hmm. you know, some some sleds that just happened to move really fast. So that saves that a little bit. So I think it's moving in the right direction, it sounds like. I think it's moving, but I think that could have been all the way there. <laughs> well they're maybe trying not to make too big of a change in one time oh god but big change when it's right is awesome <laughs> <laughs> like that the, the, my thing and i and and i said this last year and it was kind of said almost as this won't happen but i had said you could have the u.s championship with nothing but europeans because mm -hmm. a lot of the european courses are faster so yeah so you could have it with nothing but Europeans. And then you could have the same three people win all the podiums and therefore get all the entries, which for the women did happen. You know, and it was like, so now I'm looking at it again and I'm realistically, it can happen again the same way. And it's still dependent on the courses. And I, and and so I, well, I mean, I said this with... Uh, with Lauren, you know, just make, put in a roll down and, and make it so that, um, you don't need to be a top 15 prior to the regionals to go in the regionals, make the regionals a true open, open to anybody. And the only thing the top 15 gets you is gets you part of the live stream. So you get a little more publicity because then it, I think just then it's so much more fair. And then it's awesome. Then you're going to have five races with three podium winner, three, three auto quals from each race. 
Mm-hmm. Clean, simple, no complaints about sleds, no complaints about courses, no complaints about number of laps. None of that matters. So then what about like near the end after you've had how many how many races is there to qualify from? There's five. So let's say you've done four and then the roll downs are happening. So you could potentially have 12 people. And then after that, the next ones would qualify. Yeah. So let's just theoretically say from the way I from the way I propose it, let's say let's say your first your first race is North American and your podium people are the same as this year. Meg, Lauren, Michaela, they win the podium, right? So they're auto qualified. Yeah. They win the money, they're auto qualified. Then the next one is in Spain. And those three girls decide to go again because, well, there's money to be made. Yeah. And they podium again, one, two, three. So they get the money. Yeah. But then the next spots go to Tara, Vivian, Viola. Right. The next three girls in line. And then they're auto qualified. Right. And then you go like that. And the last chance qualifier is, you know, same deal. Be the last people that have not, they're the, the highest placing people that have not qualified yet. And so, literally but what I'm saying, if everybody is kind of going to the same races, then in the end, could we have 13, 14th, 15th getting their spot? If it's the roll down process. So, like you said, so race one, you had, um, yes, you had Meg. You know, and then the next one you had those three. And then so if it keeps rolling down, yep. could we be getting people that are placing 13th in a race getting a qualifying spot? You theoretically could. Yeah. Yeah. But that's if you have the same people go to every single race. And right. if you have the same people go to every single race, that's probably the 13th best person. Right. Yeah. And at least they raced their way in, you know. Right. I, I just think I, I I just can't get past that the courses are not the same. They will never be the same. Right. So time time based qualification just doesn't work. Yeah. In my mind. So so yeah, that's my sim- simple fix. And and I have I've of course made that known to Hyrox and they will probably ignore it and move on. And that's yeah. their right. <laughs> yeah. They took well, one of my how suggestions. This one plays out then. Yeah, yeah. They took one of my suggestions and went with it. I was honored that they did it. Mm-hmm. we'll see we'll see if they if they do i'm sure they've got lots of input from many different sources mm-hmm. but yeah that was good that was i i just think they need to just need to commit to it mm-hmm. and just just go with it because it's it just for me it just casts that dark cloud and i just don't like it and it's and, and you know what i'm not gonna pick on high rocks because we had a discussion this week about a dark cloud with deca that we don't like i mean mm-hmm. you, you might as well lay that out too <laughs> my dark cloud with her uh deca yeah yeah so the the qualification process for the deca fit which is a bit different than the strong in the mile because um the strong in the mile these events are all happening um at gyms and individual centers so um it's just the top 20 times are the elites and then the other ones can race age group so what with a fit because these events are happening at bigger centers, convention centers, sometimes road shows. And with those, with the DECA fit, you either choose to enter and race as an elite or you uh, enter and race as an age group. So if you race elite, you have the potential to qualify to race the top 20 elite race at the world championships. Or 
if you race age group, you have the potential to race age group at world championships. The problem is, is if you choose, and this is what happened to me last year. So I raced elite at the one Decker fit that I did all year. Um, I raced elite in the Decker fit. My time did not qualify me for the top 12, but then it didn't, then it meant that I couldn't go and race age group at the world championships, even though my time would have qualified me to race age group and potentially podium at the age group race at the world championship. So the problem is then is the people who are, are kind of these people, like, I don't know if you want to call them the bubble people, but where, you know, we could potentially qualify to race and now this year it's top 20. So the top 20 elites at the world championships. Um, so then do we choose to race elite or do and take the risk or do we race age group and essentially secure our spot in age group? So and this is this is kind of where I'm at, too. So last year I watched the age group races, which I wish I had been in. Um, and, uh, and you didn't say anything about it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I just I mean I love to race so if there was a I was there anyways like I went I went to Atlantic City so to throw in another race would have been awesome um yeah so then essentially through and talking with Yancy as well the idea is that um you don't they don't want someone who is an elite racer racing through the season in elite races and then when they don't qualify they bump down to age group age groupers as um he says don't want that however i guess my frustration is that um i don't understand why there's such a distinction between um an age group racer and an elite racer because a lot of us could technically go both ways so it's, it's not like we're two completely different people, right? So, and this is ultimately what I see as one of the biggest flaws in the Spartan system and now DECA system as it's falling under Spartan, um, that you choose elite or age group racing. And I think what it does though, in the end, is that it penalizes people who choose to race elite because you're essentially taking this risk. And there's no... Um, there's no benefit to racing elite as far as like you don't racing elite is essentially a risk in that, you know, if let's say I'm 21st ranked in the world and then I never raced an age group race, I'm just, I'm SOL when it comes to world championships, even though I could have the 21st fastest time in a DECA fit in that year, but I don't have a place to race in. Um, essentially because age group athletes don't want me racing age group races. So um, DECA's solution to this is you have to then, um, you have to race both. Yeah. So I have to race a race as an elite and I have to race and race as an age group, but because it's not easy for me to get to um, mm -hmm. DECA fit, so there's not that many in our area, um, I would have to do it essentially on the same day, which is fine. Like I can do that, but it's also the thought of it is so funny to me because I'm essentially, I'm doing the exact same race, you know, hours apart, exact same race. I'm just registering under two different categories and it's just to kind of fulfill a box to say, 
I've raced as an elite, I've raced as an age group, I'm running the exact same race. But, and so that when, so my age group time could stand if my elite time doesn't get me into the top 20. So I just think for it, I don't understand why we can't just take the DecaFit times like we do the mile and the strong and the top 20 times are our top 20 elites and then everybody else just races age group and then people that have been racing DecaFit and supporting the organization throughout the year aren't kind of left where it's like they don't have a place so if I didn't come top 20 for the elites okay so I'm then I'm not an elite but I I I'm not able to race age group so it's like you're kind of left in this well then what am I if I'm if I'm what age groupers would say too good to race age group but I'm not good enough to race elite then where do I belong essentially so it's just it's one of these things and I mean it's not like there's going to be so many of us where it's kind of left in this um like no man's land of where do I belong but it's just again it's one of the flaws in the system that I don't really understand um but yeah so essentially anyone who's in the position where it's not like your top 20 time is secure, you, you would have to essentially race in both categories. If you, your goal is to race at the world championships. And, and I'm with you completely. You, and I mean, I discussed with Yancey too, and they're very strong in their opinion on it. And that's cool. That's great. It's their, it's their show. Um, and I do understand, I do understand their position, but I, in my mind where it gets me is, and you said it, if you can do the strong and the mile this way, then the fit's the same. It should just be the same. It's just, it's simple. If it works for the, those two, it'll work for the other one. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem that complicated to me. But for now, it'll be that. And maybe if more of you complain, mm-hmm. well, that is how changes get made, right? Is when your clientele says, you know, we don't like this. We prefer this. Right. So. Well, and one of the beauties of this uh event is and i know you talked about times and courses and stuff with high rocks but i mean deca is even more uh like it's always the same setup with the deck fit so there's not really that room for, and, and i know there's turf and there's polished concrete and stuff like that which really i don't know really only affects the running to an extent maybe this and the sled a little bit but it's so i mean it's times so it's not like your rate, it's not like Spartan where you can't compare courses and times and stuff like that. So, I mean, we just, that's one of the beautiful things about this event is we can take the times. So take the top 20. And I, and so again, another one of their arguments is um, why, like, should you, so someone that qualifies in the top 20, let's say, so you're, you've raced and you have one of the top 20 times in the world but let's say you're um, 49 years old and you know, and you don't have a chance at a podium in the elite race, but you know, you would win your age group. So would that person not more likely want to race their age group and what is stopping them from bumping down? And then the age group athletes in their age group would be upset because that person technically should have raced the lead. So then in my opinion, to solve that, the top 20 get something for being top 20, you know, and if you spread prize money out and give them something for being top 20 or, you know, so that they, there's a reason that they come out ahead that gives them incentives to stay in that top 20 instead of going for an age group podium, then it might just solve that. And it doesn't have to be a huge thing, right? I mean, I've made this argument before with the Spartan races, right? 
give them some kind of different bling, right? It doesn't have to be massive. Um, something else to kind of back up your point here. So in my division, the guy leading my division right now in the strong is a guy named Ivan Milan. And I believe he actually watches. I think we met him uh, last year in Atlantic City. Just a monster on the machines. Absolute beast. So he's got a 1231, right? And he's in the 45 to 49 category. Now he's not going to win. You know, he, he if he goes to elite, he, he's not going to win. But he could very well end up in the top 20. Mm-hmm. right with that kind of with that kind of time now here's the thing even though he qualifies for the top 20 as a guy in his age group i'm not upset if he says no i'm racing age group right, right. doesn't that doesn't bother me and i know because right now he's at the top of my list he's he's there he's been there all year he's going to be there the whole time so my anticipation is he's going to be there he's going to be racing in my category right mm-hmm. other than Wait, let to see if he's if he's there right now. Yep. So he is actually sitting twentieth right now. Okay. Overall. There you go. All right. So point being, and I'm sure there's guys in other age groups. So, but I anticipate him not to be in that thing. I anticipate him to be in my group, mm-hmm. and that's why I think mm-hmm. if it's fine here, why isn't it fine for? If it's fine for the strong, why isn't it fine for the fit? So it is what it is. And the one thing I will say is despite the fact that Deca seems stalwart in there, this is the way we want it. Um, I will say Yancey was very open to talking about it and was, you know, and he, he always, and I mean, I put, I'm annoying. I put forth a lot of suggestions and, um, and he listens to all of them. And that's not just because of me. He listens to everybody's suggestions and takes it in. So I do appreciate that. Yeah, just not always going to go the way we want, but maybe the more yeah, people think like Yancy and I talk at length about it as well. And like, we don't, we don't see things the same way in this one thing, but I mean, it doesn't, Yancy's a fantastic person and he entertained all of my, um, all of my thoughts on it too. And completely very respectful. And, you know, at the end of the day, we love Yancy and Daka and everything. It's just, you know, there's things with running a business because that's what this is too, where decisions are made and not everyone is going to agree with how decisions are made. So, and, you know, it it is what it is. And I'm going to race two Dakas in one day in two different categories. So whatever. You're a beast. Come on. It's not a problem. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, I was actually thinking today, I was maybe going to get to, because we were talking about a lot of the different hybrid stuff. Just, designing one of what we thought because i mean race brain did this a while ago and i had problems with their race i wanted to eventually do one where you and i put together how we think a hybrid race should be do, should be done and how what's what's the kind of our perfect race or how we'd set it up we'll do that for another day because we don't really have time today we've and you have to give me time to plan this nope better shift right on the fly nope <laughs> i like to put you on the spot i, like to I think- know you do <laughs> like you as uninformed as possible <laughs> Well, because, you know, then you'll look too smart. I'll look stupid. It just doesn't benefit me at all. (laughs) Anyway, so why don't you wind us out today? Yeah, thanks so much for listening. And again, with all these decas coming up and um, a lot of these smaller events, go out and support as many decas as you can. It's a growing company. And a lot of this is run by 
your local small businesses. So go out, support, and volunteer, and just help this sport grow. So it is really reaching the grassroots. And, you know, if you have kids again in that age group, um, get them out and supporting. So it's a great company. It's a great event. So and thanks so much again for listening, as always. And thanks for your support. I did have one more thing that I forgot about. I wanted to say good luck to all the Canadians heading down to New York for High Rocks this coming weekend, uh, especially our, our friends John and Sue doing their uh, couples doubles together. Best of luck to everybody and watch for Sue to be dancing across the finish line because she, she's got some moves. Um, but yeah, lots of Canadians heading down. So guys, best of luck. Uh, I almost jumped in. Like I almost, we were, we were, Okay, little quick story, because we were supposed to be done, and we'll, we'll be done for real. <laughs> uh, we were on our way to DECA this weekend, and I said to Raya, I said, hey, want to go to New York next weekend? Because <laughs> we actually have a code. We have a code, right? So um, he's like, maybe, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we started to think about it, and we're, we're on the edge, and then unfortunately, she's kind of hurt her foot, and that has put it out, but we were, we were about to cave and, and head down for the weekend, but I guess next time. So good luck to everybody in New York and uh, let's get some good Canadian content. Maybe we get our first Canadians on a podium on the uh, elite podium. All right. Take care guys. <laughs>